0: Thanks so much for listening into today's episode. Today I'll be interviewing Ryan Shackley. Ryan owns and runs his FitStop franchise gym with his partner in Coulomb on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. We talk about how his customer service is different, knowing your numbers and how it, you need to know your numbers for success, how Fit Stop actually works in their training sessions and how they program everything, what his upbringing was like. his own journey and we talk about his mental health journey as well and where he was to where he is now and lastly creating your own outcome with a hundred percent intent and how detaching from certain people in life might be right for you if you feel they're holding you back thanks so much for listening in guys and enjoy the episode All right, thanks so much for joining today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what is it that you do?
1: So my name is Ryan Shackley and me and my wife, Amanda Shackley, own Fits Cool. Yeah. So I'm a personal trainer slash coach, um, been in the fitness industry since 2006, um, absolutely love my job and my passion and beliefs come all the way through with my values in my business and gym as well.
0: So let's dive into a little bit of um everyone's got their own story and different things affect the way that we think and feel when we get older, as we know from you know different events, obstacles, challenges. So let's dive into a bit of your own history growing up so what what was growing up like for you, whether it be through high school or when you're younger or All
1: right, so um, I guess as a kid, um, I grew up in a single mum family, um, my dad played little, or actually no part in my life. I had a stepdad that was um, abusive to my mum as well. So I grew up in a, in a battled family, in a scarred family. So with that, we grew up in a place, Lawton, Dacoban, went to Dacoban Primary School. Moved schools a couple of times whilst mum was going through stages of moving away from my stepdad and all that sort of stuff. Um, I had a little brother and sister and there to my stepfather as well. When, and moved to Bribie High when I was eight. or oh, sorry, Bribie Primary when I was eight. And then moved across to Banksy Primary. So I moved to a couple of schools. So I was kind of used to that to be diverse and creating new friends and all that sort of stuff. So I got used to that quite quickly. So I had to diversify my culture and my self-beliefs to become more well-known very quickly. And I was never sure how long I was going to spend in one location based on, obviously, the situation of what we entailed in regards to violence in our family and stuff like that. I have always been an overachiever. I put myself in 100% of the time, all the time. Played rugby league. I danced professionally. I really enjoyed the the group analogy of fitness as well. So from the age of 13, 14, 15, played a little bit of rep footy as well. got selected for Colts at the age of 16 and onwards as well, upwards um, into School Boys Cup as well. Um, At the age of 16, I was selected through raw metal or raw dance crew. It was back then in Brisbane to dance and go over to Vegas. But my mum wouldn't sign the the permission slip to let a 16-year-old boy go to Vegas and tour there for two years. So my dance career kind of went downhill from there. And I'm all focused on sport and rec. At the age of 18, I joined the Defence Force, enlisted in, and that was me for the next couple of years. I had a son at the age of 18 as well, Riley Alexander. So I was torn between two worlds. That was my life. So I quickly got used to, and similar to that culture that I was embedded with, of consistently moving. And, um, but I was also ingrained with values, support, teamwork, courage, and entitlement. So just making sure that you earned your place. Making sure that you do what you say you're gonna do was something, and it's something that I value myself with right now. Because at the end of the day, your word is the last and your everlasting value that you leave on someone. So just be true to your word, and that is where you go in life. So that was where I guess my principles, my core values come from, and just trying to fight my way through life up until that point. A little bit more about me, so. Me and my ex-partner split up. She, unfortunately, and there's nothing on her or anything like that, cheated on me and I left her. She actually had a, another boy, Angus, who she had with the partner that she cheated on me with who was a good friend of mine. And I actually took him on board and I took him under my wing and I call him my son now. I still care for him. This is the type of person that I am. Um, some people frown upon that. I don't, um, at the end of the day, it's not his fault. Um, so I've always kept an open open slather with that. It's something that I guess I hold close to my heart. And he now calls me dad. He's been a part of my life since the day he was born. Um, and I've been caring for him since just after he was one. Just because I would go and pick up Riley and he would cry and I couldn't see why he deserved that? So I took him one day to give Kate a break, and from that day forward, I've cared for him ever since. Moving forward, um, so left the defence force two thousand and twelve, got into a mining sector, got a job, um, jumped in and out of the mines for quite some time between mining, um, gym orientation, and a few other odd jobs, construction work and all that sort of stuff. I would just chase whatever was going at the time. So it'd either be construction in the oil industry, constructing the mining industry, um, oil and gas in general, drilling. And I would just chase that doing shutdowns, construction maintenance, preventative maintenance for probably the better part of the next five and a half, nearly six years joined the car industry as a break to get away from FIFO because I was sick of spending so much time away from the boys and my family and my life Um, because it got to a point where I was obviously missing birthdays, weddings, funerals, a lot of other things and that obviously pays and contributes to your mental health as well. And I met Amanda, so joined the car industry, was in that for three years. And then I met Amanda two and a half years ago. Now, since then, even before I met her, I had a passion for and always wanted to own my own gym. So it was reigniting that passion and creating values and systems that supported a plan to do it the right way um, and not the wrong way. And we trialed a few different franchises. We looked at our own modeling. And I've known Pete, who's the CEO of our company for quite some time through um, through motocross and sporting. And um, yeah, we spoke to Hull and Pete and ended up where we are now to the point where seven months open, running a very, very, very successful location.
0: Yeah, perfect, man, that's cool. First up, thanks for sharing so much about your um your own history, your past, your experiences, super lovely to hear. And I know it's like those kinds of things when you can share something like that, it's super beautiful and super nice to hear that because that's something that people can relate to. Even like the um, growing up with like a single mother, same thing here, like my mum brought me up and it is hard. <laughs> so it's really cool and it's nice to connect and relate in those issues that we've kind of overcome, um, yeah. that some people can't understand too. So it's really lovely. First up as well, super good job for overcoming so many obstacles and being so vulnerable and open and transparent because there's some huge things there where a lot of people would have struggled to, I guess, comprehend or even like take on board that responsibility as well. So that's super lovely. It's so nice and super inspiring. Now with when it comes into regards to your training, so what, what is it different about your gym? about your franchise that you think is different from the other franchises that are run?
1: I guess what I put it down to is the give a fuck factor. But with that, um, I think it is also the internal support within our franchise network that is absolutely fundamental to where we sit in a position of the market. So within the fitness game at the moment, obviously there's a lot of big players. You've got F45, obviously us you got body fit, um, you've obviously got CrossFit and a few other things going out there as well. Now, one thing, like, oh, I used to be a CrossFitter um, and I absolutely love the CrossFit in the community and that's probably one of the things that I always fell in love with was the community feel. feel. Um, I've done calisthenics, absolutely love, and I've built Calisthenics um, Foundation out to the point where it gained more recognition within Australia as well. So my thing was... Whatever we do, it has to be community, or community orientated and community feel. Everyone that walks into our gym must feel like they're a part of our family because they are. They're not just a number. They're not just a, 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 like a payment system. They're nothing. Like They are who we are and they are a part of us and we are a part of them. I want them to know that, and some business owners will probably pipe against this, but I want my gym members to know that I give a fuck about them every single day. I wanna know if they've had a bad day, I wanna know if they have a good day, because at the end of the day, that's gonna come out in the wash, which is gonna come out in our training crowd. So depending on how they're feeling, it's gonna depend on whether they can deadlift, whether they can bench, whether they're performing. And realistically, if them telling me that they had a bad day, and me giving them a compliment about their day, is what turns that around, and puts them into a better training platform, puts them into a better mindset. And then they can walk out of here feeling a million dollars. Then, If that's the only good thing I've done all day, then that is all I need to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people, especially coaches, uh, will especially like starting out PTs even as well. So like I've worked in corporate big gyms. Yes. And I can tell you right now, it's a numbers game. It is a hands down numbers yeah. game. And for me, I found that when I worked there, my own values and beliefs got challenged because for me personally, I'm like a compassionate person, same kind of thing, I wanna make sure everyone's okay. I care more about the person than the fact that they're ticking their name off on a list. But it was a really interesting time to work there because it made me really understand that some people get so involved in hitting a KPI versus changing a life, that they lose themselves completely. And it sounds so insane to think that someone can get lost in numbers, but it's also more insane to realize that people don't realize that the more you get lost in numbers, the more it affects your values and belief, the more it changes your perspective, your mindset, the more you need to work on yourself to get yourself out of that and really kind of calibrate your life.
1: 100%. With that, obviously, there's a business side of it as well. So you got to, and okay, like I say this once again from a business owner's perspective, you've got to understand the numbers. You've got to understand the value. You've got to understand that there's spend behind marketing. you got to understand all of that stuff. So when people walk through the door, they're not a dead lead. They're not a nobody. You've already spent money on that person, to, the to get them through your door, for them to see the branding out there you put X amount of dollars in the signage. So as a business owner, we have this prerequisite of, we've spent X amount of money, so you spend in your facility, so every single person should be worth a percentage share of that. So that conversation should be in the back of your mind when you're talking to that person, of this person is actually worth X amount of dollars to me. So when you suddenly associate dollars with emotion, you suddenly give a fuck a little bit more. But realistically, you shouldn't need that as your driving contribution. You should genuinely just give a fuck. Honestly, you should. But some people don't. And that's the problem is the fact that there's a disassociation between what people want, what people can give, and what people associate the both of them with. So some people are money-driven, some people are goal-driven, some people are emotionally driven, some people aren't driven at all. But it's finding what drives you, associating it with what you want and then connecting them.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's a good thing for the people to listen in because I guess a lot of people don't actually understand what drives them as well to actually, you know, people have goals and they might not be able to reach those goals because they actually don't understand themselves enough to figure out how they can work towards that goal and such. Yep. Yeah. So with training, what makes the training part different between FitStuff and other gyms? This is what I've heard that it's more because you guys follow like a periodization cycle. So it's more structured yeah. um, versus your traditional model of say, you know, F45, 45 minutes of like a specific whole body versus cardiovascular day, etc. Yeah. Um, but let's dive into a little bit more detail because I like to nerd out on these things.
1: So, in regards to our training modules and all that sort of stuff, obviously we run our fit, fast, and functional. So, very, very structured programming. And throughout our programming, we obviously run different, like so. We not long ago came off an endurance cycle, and we're rolling into a straight cycle at the moment. So, fully structured programming behind and complementary to our programming as well. So within our functional, obviously, that's where we're going to slow it down, focus on our strength-based movements, um, our compound lifts, and obviously, that's where we're going to do our big, heavy stuff. So focus on our our form and technique, going through proper teaching cues, spending the time with our members, looking for little hip displacements, knees, tight hamstrings, all that sort of stuff, where we can actually alter things and take people through, I guess, progressions and regressions. But making them feel comfortable the whole time. Not making them feel like they're the odd one out or anything like that. Teaching them proper skill sets that they can then take up to the next skill set and then periodically increase so they feel like they're making progress, which they are all the way through. So it's understanding and taking everyone back to who they are and not comparing them to anyone else and just understanding and giving them the education of, hey, this is where you are right now let's break this down, giving them an intercellular module inside that and just going, all right, so we're gonna break down a deadlift, we're gonna go through everything, spend some time on that, we'll give proper cues, breaking all of that down and then taking them through to the next set up until they get to their next progression. After that progression, we work on the next set after that. Through our fast, so this is our strength and conditioning element. So I absolutely love this, this is probably one of my favorite sets. So we go through our plyometrical drives, our power-based movements, and then we finish it on a conditioning set. So on a, I guess crossfit-based, more like a metcon sort of thing finish. Um, but this is where we'll obviously elevate the heart rate, maintain it, and just finish it on a nice little burner. So vice is a lot of our members' favourite because you get that that functional set where we're lifting heavy, working through those the, those barbell movements and dumbbell movements, and then progressively changing it up, and then obviously going to a bodyweight exercise, spicing it up, and really exploding out of the powers. And then we have our fit, so cardio, hit base, more F45-y sort of thing, Um, progressively working through the room. And I say F45-y, more relating it to that type of thing. Um, Not that we're spending 45 seconds on a station or anything like that, because we don't do that, but that's probably the more associated class in relation to f 45 base classes. So that's where we're going to elevate the heart rate for a full 30 to 35 minutes. And we're going to progressively work through it like movements. Could be a long list, it could be a short list, could be a numerous amounts of programming. And I'm not going to give away too much because I'd love to invite you in for a class. (laughs) Um, But I guess the big thing in relation to where we sit in the market is the science-based programming behind and complementary to where our members are going and we take them along the journey. It's not just, we don't just educate or uneducate our members and go, this is just a program. We give them the why. So we give them the structure of, hey guys, we're coming into a mesocycle. This is what's going to be happening. This is where we're gonna feel it. Your base metabolic rate's gonna increase. You're gonna need some more food. This is the reasons why. You're gonna be training these muscles, the complementary of growing that muscle. You're gonna need, like your active recovery, you need to ingest the right amount of carbs. You need to ingest the right amount of fat. We need a little bit more protein and just educating everyone across the board as we go through it. So for us, it's about an educational portal, lifting our members with that education as well. So not just taking it as a baseline, we're educating our members as we're growing as well. And that, in turn, is showing through our training schedules. So our members don't just come in and go, oh, we're doing burpees again. They understand the reason as to the cardiovascular behind the burpees as well.
0: Perfect. That sounds good. I'm very much about, like, structure, especially when it comes to coaching. I think that's the biggest missing factor when it comes to... Many gyms, many franchises is the structure and the who's, what's, whys, how's to actually giving people real reasons versus I'm qualified and I'm going to tell you and this is what you're doing. So that's super good. I'm about that. That's nice. And I'll take you up on the invite. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. But yeah, that's cool. It's nice to hear the structure and how you guys actually project it to your members and talk about education in the fact of more empowerment than just putting a dump truck of bricks on someone say, get out.
1: And I think that's probably the biggest thing. Like one thing that we, and as all owners across the FitSoft board as well, um, absolutely love, like especially within the programming and stuff, we educate across our platform within the owners and like demonstration, um, giving cue points, like, especially for new movements and stuff like that as well. And then we pass that on to our members. So just explaining like, guys, we might have a posterior chain, enforcement this week. So you're going to feel it in your hemis, your glutes, your lumbers, like your lats. Everything is going to be engaged over the next couple of days. Just be aware of it and just educating that across to them. Because otherwise, what you have is members are going to be sore. They're going to come in and go, oh, I'm sore. I don't really want to go. But if you give them a reason as to why they're sore, what should be hurting versus what might not be hurting or what shouldn't be hurting, then they come in and go, oh, I've got a twinge in. And you're going to be able to basically itemize preventative injury as well. But also you're going to identify whether people are going to do and are doing movements correctly as well. So if they saw in all the right places and you're understanding it and aware of that, then you're going to compliment them and go, perfect, love that. Let's keep training. We're going to work through this. In the event that you can find and load down to you're not saw or you saw in incorrect places or you know that they're ulteriorly loading in other areas – you're going to go, all right, so we've got either a a slight, a slight little niggle. You're going to go, all right, so you're either forward loading in your quads, you're back loading. All right, we're disengaging our core. We're going through all these other things that you can then itemize as personal trainers, as coaches, that we can sit there and go, all right, so I'm already aware that this person's doing this. Preventative maintenance is this. So it just gives you an opportunity to obviously progress and regress people before it gets to an injury point.
0: I'm about that. I'll give you a 10 out of 10 for that response. <laughs> that was good. I love like anything that goes r- finer detail is, is key. And that's the thing. Like once you fix, like once you look and explain and tell and people understand, it's people become bulletproof. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now let's dive into a bit more of a holistic approach. So your story talked about like obviously overcoming your own little challenges, mental health challenges as well. So, this two part question. First part is How has health and fitness helped you overcome your own mental health during this journey and challenge? And what, how do you feel it's really embedded in your life to create that change? And two, why are you so passionate about embedding this uh, health and fitness lifestyle onto other people?
1: I uh, yes, first and foremost, mental health for me um, not only rings true to myself because I've walked that road. Um, I have had three attempts of suicide over my time. Obviously splitting up with my first partner, losing my son and going through that road. That was a really, really dark time for me. Um, and I have always been that person to devotes myself to someone a hundred percent. So to have that distrust broken and I guess I was just in a very dark time. The next time I actually lost a friend and he was my best mate and I was around drugs, around alcohol, around the wrong crowd. I chose the wrong people to associate myself with at the times and it was about rebuilding myself. So I discontinued my association with them and that was a lot higher than what I anticipated it to be. And that was another point in my life that I guess it wasn't as effective as what the first time was and the third time, but it was something that at the time I didn't want to be around. The third time was probably the most severe. I overdosed and intently overdosed. I won't go into too much detail in relation to what happened in my life at that point, but the fact was that was the time that really changed me mentally because from that moment then I I rebuilt myself from the ground up. So that was probably me in my most vulnerable form, more based on the fact of I realised that family comes first, but with that, family can only come first if it's complementary to who you are today. Sometimes, and this was a really hard pill for me to swallow, and this is hard for me to talk about, sometimes your family will pull you down to not let you or see you succeed as well so coming from a family not doesn't succeed but struggles in life in general like my mum and bless her soul is in housing commission my brother is in housing commission my sister chops and changes a lot I come from that background where they don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. They live day to day. They smoke, they drink, whatever. It is what it is. And not that my mum never wanted me to succeed, but my mum puts a lot of stress on me in my life. And me being the person I was in her life, I was like the father figure for my little brother and sister. And I had to be there to bail my brother out and pay for him through a court case, and I've been there to support my sister through things, and when you consistently have to be there for people like that, it takes away from you and your opportunities as well. It got to a point where one day I had to close that book and restart life and try and rebuild from the ground up, but I'd done it all the wrong way. I had lied about who my family was, lied about who I was at that time because I was ashamed of that. I was ashamed of who I was and what I was going through because I didn't want people to know my struggles. I didn't want people to know what was going on in my life at that time because men don't cry, men don't do these things. They just deal with this shit. Like, it's just what it is. Overnight, I lost everything. I lost it all because it all came out. And it wasn't that I didn't want it to come out because i was okay with it coming out i was still ashamed and i couldn't confront myself about what the truth was i was still ashamed of who i was who i used to be what i grew up with like i went to high school with secondhand clothes i got a scholarship to go to a a private school and i sacrificed that i knew no different and i done everything that i possibly could to hide the truth because I was ashamed of where we came from in my previous life. I'm not ashamed of it now. I speak about it fluently because I know that's where I used to be versus where I am now. The mental battle and the building that I've done from then to now to the person that I am today, I can understand, recognize and facilitate that that person was a good person, is a good person, but this person today is a better person. He's much stronger, He's a lot more grounded and I'm not as flamboyant. I uh, am a lot more organized, structured, routine, and I understand what deserves and what needs my time. Where, and in no disrespect to my mom, she would have my time whenever she needed. And at times she would be crying poor about things that she in her turn could control. That's where I guess the hard thing for me was, was I would give her advice in relation to, hey, you can control this outcome by doing this, this, and this, but instead of controlling the outcome, she would choose the later option of complaining about the outcome. And that there would then put the onus back on me, because I had to be there to support her, otherwise I was a bad son. And it's not, once again, I'm, and I won't state this is me running her down, She just, and I believe this because I having embedded this as well in myself, there are certain things we can complain about in life. Bad things happens to every single person. Shit things happen to even more people and incredibly horrible things happen to some people. What we do with that is what makes us a human being. It's what makes us who we are. I have a motto that's plastered on my Facebook. Life is 10% of what happens and 90% of what you do with it. So what happens to me today is not going to be governed by what happens to me tomorrow. But what I choose to do today will be how I set up my day for tomorrow. And it's the way that I've gotten by for quite a few years now. And it's what's also set me up to be in this position today. Like I get the bad things happen and I understand that and we acknowledge it, we accept it, but, we have to move past it because if we live with regret, if we lived in that, that negative world, it becomes this downward spiral and you continue to beat yourself up instead of doing that, give yourself a little bit of hope. If it's one positive thing every single day and you can live off that, then fuck the day is so much brighter. Like, and if you just keep progressing, two positive things, three positive things, four positive things, the days get better. I know because I had my world turned upside down on me. I lost everything. I was homeless, sleeping in my car, fucking had no money, had no job. Me and Amanda were split. Like I had nothing. It was done. And I rebuilt everything from the ground up to the point where we are now. So if I can do it, I can change habits, create acknowledgement in your past, then I think anyone and everyone can do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's huge too because I think a lot of people look at, let's just say for instance, like a lot of people see you and they'll be like, oh yeah, he probably like, you know, it's just probably a family thing. You know, like his whole family probably just, you know, they buy jams, they do franchises, they've got property, they've got this, they've got that. It was all like, you know, bread and born kind of thing. But When you have people like yourself who didn't have that, people like, whoa, so it is possible. So it creates that that perspective of, oh, so I don't need to, you know, be born here or grow up with this person or have everything given to me. And that's super inspiring, it's super nice too. And it's something like I'm a huge believer of personally, is that like whatever you put together, like we've all built Legos what it's it's how you use the legos like are you going to build a castle or are you going to build a little small house it's really up to you but yeah. it's the same lego same time same effort like it is what it is and it's super cool and it's refreshing to hear that as well especially when you touched on family too like the how family can hold you back because that is a huge thing and not a lot of people like talking about it because it's confronting and people get scared about that and they're like no you can't say that they're family yeah it is what it is like you know you bake the turkey it's it's in the oven is what it is like but yeah it's that's what I mean and you know I had a familiar thing uh me and my mom were in housing when we were growing up and that's what I say to people too like it it is like I've met the queen. I've done this. I've done that. Like there's all these little things and they didn't just happen because I like I would have given to me. I, I, went, I moved to London. I made the decision to start my own business when I was young. I, you know, same things started hanging around the right people. So let's talk about hanging around the right people real quick as well, because I think that's huge. And also another one, one little question on family. So how do you detach yourself from the family if you feel like they're holding you back?
1: I guess you first and foremost have to take that acknowledgement and that's a, probably a big pill to swallow for a lot of people. It took me probably two years to really cut the tie. And even now, like there's so many times I want to pick up the phone and ring, but I know it's not good for me. And I know in the event of an emergency, my phone will ring So provided that it's not an emergency, I'm okay. I obviously check in every now and then through socials and just look, but I don't actively pick up the phone and call or message. And some people will probably find that disrespectful. I find that as keeping me safe, keeping this gym space safe and keeping me in the most professional and best, I guess, mindset that I possibly can be in to be the best husband, father, friend, and business owner that I possibly can be. Because at the end of the day, that's who I am today and that's what I need to be. I guess it's taking that acknowledgement um, and then from there, the first and foremost is have the conversation. I tried the conversation many, many times explaining to my family that I can't, I can't deal with this um, and it's just not good for me. If it doesn't work, then disassociation is, probably the best thing for a sustained amount of time. So whether it be a month, three months, six months, whatever, but always try and reconnect. I've tried this many times over the years as well. So at the age of 17, me and my mum went three years without talking to each other. So once again, disassociation for a little bit and try and always, I guess, try and reconvene, try and, replenish what was there, and always go and do it with a clean slate. Do not hold anguish, do not ever, ever hold a grudge. I don't ask people and would never encourage that. In the event that you create disassociation, you do that with a clear conscience, not because. Do not take anger into that because it's everlasting. That will scar your soul, and it's not something that I recommend, okay? Do it with a clear heart and a clear conscience, that not only is it good for you, it's good for them as well, okay? And that's probably my biggest thing is in the event that you do have to go to that, and I'm happy for people to reach out, but just do it with a clear conscience and explain to them that the disassociation is to create a good bubble, a good healthy bubble for both of you. Because in the event that it's like that, it's not just bad for you, it's bad for them. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, right? My mum will tell you that she loves to hate me. I don't want that for her. I don't want her to hate me. I want her to love me. And if she needs to love me from afar, then that's what she needs to do. I need to do the same. So just do it with a clear conscience, And that's all I can suggest. That's probably the biggest and I guess the best thing for people in that situation. But first and foremost, try and resolve it, talk it out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's like some good points there too, because it can be like such a challenging thing uh, for a lot of people. Because, like you said, it's like it's a, a pill that a people a lot of people don't want to swallow. Um, yeah. But like such a such a good thing to do if it does serve you in the long term for sure. Now with friends, how do you? So you had to disassociate yourself from certain friends because obviously they cause like certain experiences, maybe some triggers. Um, But how did you find your own new tribe? Like how did you reach out to people or you just found once you disassociated yourself from those certain people, it all kind of came together?
1: Um, More disassociation. Um, I've always been an overachiever. Um, So I always apply myself 100% in everything that I do. It's something that I guess that was ingrained in me from a very young age. And I have always wanted to be that, that person of success. So, I've watched a lot of Tony Robbins stuff, a lot of motivational speakers, and I've passed on and learnt attributes throughout that. Gary V, and then when I joined the car industry, I had an opportunity to train with Gary Vee and a couple of other motivational salesmen. It was at that point, so 2014 that for me, end of 2014, a gear clicked. So I wanted more in life. I didn't want to be the bottom bottom of the barrel. The way that it was explained to me is there's two letters. One letter reads, Mr. and Mr. such and such. You have a great salesperson. He's really, really amazing. I didn't purchase the car, but I want to write to you just congratulating you as to how good this person is. There's another letter that reads, you've got a great salesperson. He was a little bit pushy. He sold me the car, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of feedback as to thank you, basically. There's two letters in life. One achieved a result, one didn't. The result was selling the car. And they say, nice guys finished last. But what I struggled with, I was always the nice guy. So how does the nice guy become savvy? So that was the twist of fate for me because I chose that. I chose to be the nice guy. So then from there, not only did I day as a nice guy, I used that approach to make it work for me. And this is delivering with intent. So what a lot of people don't understand, especially when it comes to sales, we sell every single day. We pick up the phone call, we talk to Telsha, we talk to our friends, we talk to our family. It doesn't matter what you do. You are selling. You are selling yourself 100% of the time every single day. This is something I learned from Gary Vee a very long time ago. You are you. And who you represent is exactly who you are. What you do with it is where you'll go and what you'll become. So what you ingest is what you're doing. What you're doing is what you'll become. So what we put in here has to be what we're applying. So if we're not putting good shit in here, aka our mind, we're not applying anything, we're not going anywhere. And once again, in regards to that, you do not ingest good people you don't surround yourself with positive things if you do not set targets that are almost unattainable because 80 percent of unattainable is better than something that's 20 20 attainable you do not strive to achieve to be better than you were yesterday then what are you doing you're a hamster in the wheel
0: absolutely and that's the thing like if you're not like if you're not setting those goals high and exactly what you said then that's something that myself and a few of my friends always do, we always set the bar high and we're still going to hit a goal. Like we're still always above 10%, 20%, 30%. We just set the bar to a hundred percent so that we can hit something that isn't like you said, 20%. So that's super informative and super good. So for people listening in one last question, what advice would you have for them if they want to start their own business or if they're struggling to overcome their own obstacles in life at the moment?
1: I think provided you are passionate in any industry that you're in, you'll make it work. The one thing that I found that works for me and Amanda so well, we are passionate because we care about people. We care about genuinely actually changing lives. We care about teaching. We care about the educational point. We care about nutrition. So provided that you actually care about what you're passionate in, then I think go for it and you've got nothing to lose because at the end of the day, everything is an educational learning. So at the very least, you're going to learn something you didn't know about yourself that you can take for an everlasting journey in life.
0: And super good advice too, because like passion's the thing that's going to deliver.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I say be passionate, like genuinely care. Like some of the best restaurants I've ever eaten at is because the chef gives a fuck about what he puts on the plate.
0: It's yeah, absolutely.
1: Waitress enjoys her job because she enjoys telling people about what, what foods on the menu tonight. It's about the bartender that enjoys making a random cocktail rather than someone that makes something off a list. It's that, that inspiration, someone that likes and loves their job is someone that is going to exceed in life.
0: And that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people forget that. And it's a huge thing. Gary Vee always says, of course, is like, enjoy the process. Yes. And it seemed, it's so funny because like a lot of people read into that and they're like, they just, they look for further questions in that. And it's so simple. Just like do what you do, enjoy the moment and then you'll, you a reward will come.
1: Yep. 100%. Life is a journey. And like at the end of the day, it's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's exactly the same as if we obviously were open four months, had to shut down for two and a half. And yeah, it was hard, but at the same time, Positive out of that, me and Amanda have been together nearly three years. And in that two and a half months was the most amount of time we spent together Into and like in those, the whole time we've been together. Because I was always working way prior to that. And since the gym's been open, I've been flat out in here as well. Same as her. So that gave me time to reflect with my wife how good life is together.
0: Absolutely. And that's something... Just before we finish up here, that's something I think is super important is understanding like during COVID it was like, for me personally, I found it was such a good, like such a good time because I got to actually, same thing, reflect, understand where I am. Am I pursuing my values and beliefs in the right way? Am I hitting my goals that I actually want to achieve? Are they the goals I really want to achieve as well? So if you take that moment to really embrace that present, reflect, enjoy, then happy days all around. If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you on social media?
1: so ryan i think it's ryan underscore shackley or ryan shackley um they can either do my athlete page my personal page or on my instagram as well
0: yeah and all for the sunshine coast listeners if they wanted to check your uh, FitStop gym out you are in coolam
1: yes so one 156 Gandina Coulomb road
0: once again thanks so much for your time really appreciate it and super valuable like there there's so many learning lessons in there and I know a lot of people listening in will really benefit from this and especially you know detaching from family not being judgmental and really embedding yourself and putting yourself in situations in life versus expecting everything to be handed to you which is Absolutely. like a common thing in society today thanks so much for your time and have a wonderful day and we'll keep in touch thank you thanks so much for listening into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed that and got some value out of it. Again, if you did enjoy this episode and you do love this podcast, leave us a review, share it with your friends and family, subscribe, show your support because the impact that we can make together is the impact that's going to help change someone's life, change their perspective or help them overcome an obstacle they may be facing right now. Thanks so much for listening in guys and until next time.